This week on the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I think that aptly describes my play style, I guess. Soulless, but effective. I was going to say boring, but soulless is probably a little, a little more descriptive. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a podcast focused on tactics and competitive play for Star Wars Legion. Hosted by Kyle Dornboss, Michael Barry, and David Zelenka, with Jay Shalansky, the man behind the glass. Hello and welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, where we talk about Star Wars Legion from a competitive perspective. I'm joined this week by Kyle, also known as Orchimedes. What's up, Kyle? How you doing? I'm, I'm and good. we're missing uh, Mike this week, and we're in, in his place. We have Garnanana, who uh, some of hey. you may know as Casey, who is a really awesome competitive player. Uh, we have a, a veritable rogues gallery for you of competitive players. Rogue and gallery. Uh, Rogues Gallery, yes. There it is. Um, <laughs> I, and I have no idea what to do with it. Uh, Jay told me to say it. Uh, I guess it's fun. Um, so uh, thanks, Garn, for being here. I'm going to keep calling you Garn and Casey interchangeably. Hopefully people will remember who I'm talking about as the show goes on. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, welcome and thanks for being our guest. And uh, we're here to talk to you about um, Krennic and the Death Troopers. I know you've used them to some degree of success. Uh, you used them on yeah. me, in fact, in the Invader League. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was fun. <laughs> uh, it was a it was a challenge. It was definitely salt inducing, and we're gonna tell people how uh, how that functions here on our episode. We're also gonna talk a little bit about Luke, but uh, before we go to the main part of the show, we're gonna take care of some housekeeping. Uh, so this week, the Legion Tournament Circuit went live. That is a website dedicated to unifying the formats of all legion events everywhere that is a lofty goal but it is a way for us to um you know kind of have like a best standards and practices kind of kind of body for the legion community as a whole and that's really great if you're a competitive player because now you can uh, have some faith that uh, there'll be some uniformity across events you go to and um how do we feel about that? I think I'm I'm feeling pretty positive. Yeah. So basically, how this works is it's is it's like a resource for tournament organizers. Um, you know, we've we've got um, articles up, uh, terrain guidelines, uh, the tournament addendum that we used at LVO and Adepticon is up there. Um, essentially, just trying to create like some standardization across tournaments. So if your store is running an RPQ or um, uh, you know, really anything, and you want some resources to help you run a tournament, um, check out, uh, it's legiontournamentcircuit.com. Um, we also have uh, regional leads that you can, uh, th there's like a general email address, but that email will go to all of the regional leads, um, one of which is me and the one for East Coast. Um, and there's several other others that uh, whose names you'll recognize if you go on onto the website there. Um, and essentially, we're just there like as a resource. Uh, you know, if you're running a tournament and um, you know you just want some advice uh, or you want some help uh, about like best practices that have been used in the past, uh, check it out. Uh, there's also going to be so there's a couple other things on there too. There's a if you're looking for a rally point qualifier near you. Uh, we have a rally point qualifier locator. I'm not 100% sure if that's working as soon as the website goes live, but it should be shortly thereafter. Um, so, like on a physical map, you can look at all, what is it, 77 rally point qualifiers and see if there's one close to you that you can go to. Um, 
We also have, uh, the, uh, it's definitely a work in progress on the site, but we're trying to put together just some info on like local Legion communities. Um, so you can, if you're a player and you're just looking for a local community uh, to play, you can check that out too. I'm going to break in there and say that uh, my local um, Legion communities events are up there. They're all listed on the page. And so if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area, you can find uh, your events very easily. And uh, this website was released just in time because we have a Raleigh Point qualifier coming up on the 4th of May, which is later this, I think it's this weekend. Oh my gosh, it's that soon. Um, so we're looking forward to that. And I, I, for one, have already passed along the Legion Tournament Circuit website to the organizers of that RPQ. And uh, they received it with a measure of gratitude. And I am grateful for their interest and support of the idea behind this Legion Tournament Circuit thing going on. So it is sweet that such a resource exists. Uh, Casey, do you have any rally points coming up near you? I know that you're you're looking forward to a few. Yeah, I actually have. I live like on an awesome area. There's actually several near me. It's just unfortunate. It seems like they did a thing where every other weekend. So I work every other weekend, and the rally points land on the weekends I work. So uh, I'm gonna try and figure one. I think I have one in July. I'm gonna take off work for and get to, uh, and then I'm gonna go challenge Star Scream over in Ohio at his home store. Uh, for one so i'm excited about it. i think last time i was on the podcast you guys asked me about what i thought about the the uh legion like tournament setup how they have things set up and i had said something along the lines i wish there was more store opportunities to get a qualifier uh spot and lo and behold it's changed yep now there's 77 of them including yeah. international ones so um, I know a big complaint from our international folks this year with the first, um, the way that the first OP season was done for Legion is that it, it's not really Worlds, it's it's more like American Nationals, because um, <laughs> there weren't any maximum firepowers overseas, and uh, High Command was here in Chicago, which is a valid Thank complaint. God, right. So yeah, we didn't need Ellis over here. <laughs> yeah, just it was just made things harder <laughs> for everyone because yeah. Ellis uh, is a really really good player. And Nicky Myland. Yeah. Yeah, of course. We yeah. can't forget Nicky and Jay from Oddity. Yep. Um, so, yeah, there will be uh, international RP rally point qualifiers also. If you ever hear us say the acronym RPQ, that's what we mean, rally point qualifier. So, yeah. Um, so, these those, are like our. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So, those all feed into um, what they're now calling Worlds next year, which is entirely at Adepticon. And it's going to be two days and probably in excess of 100 people because there's, you know, there's 70 plus. Uh, rally points and then um, you know they have things that they're calling nationals and continentals which are convention tournaments so like Nova Open for example is a national um, and each of those will give away more than one spot uh, so including airfare I think um, for the top spot for some of those so keep oh, your eye on fancy. yeah um, so yeah there will be no uh, eight person worlds next year it's going to be like you know they're essentially clipping uh, cutting out um you know, a qualifying step. And uh, if you if you win a rally point or you place high enough at a national or a continental, then you go straight to Adepticon, which is the new worlds, basically. That's good news. That speaking is, that of is good news. Yeah. Speaking of worlds, I heard it through the grapevine that the format is a two-day format now. But yeah, it's not so confirmed. Uh, it is not confirmed. It is grapevine. Um, but yes, that's also what I heard. That's a rumor. Yep. So uh, that's pretty exciting because that means probably round robin or something like that. 
Um, definitely not three round Swiss. That would be the slowest three rounds ever if it was two days. Um, so uh, hopefully excited. it's four round round robin two days in a row. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, there's definitely time for that. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what what they come up with. Well, Garn mentioned his RPQ is going to be in July. And, you know, there's another awesome event going on in July that you can attend. And it's called the Northeast Open. Um, and that's a private tournament that uh, is being run by the Fifth Trooper. Our very own Jay Shalansky, the Fifth Trooper, and Notorious Scoundrels are all pitching in to make this awesome tournament happen in Syracuse, New York, USA. And you can come and be part of it. Uh, visit thefifthtrooper.com if you want to know more information about that. And to sign up, July 6th and 7th, Syracuse, New York. Uh, come out there and come play some Legion. Meet the fifth trooper folks, meet the scoundrels, um, and have a really fun time. It's being held in the Salt City Comic Con, uh, which is uh, either near or inside a really, really awesome event called Destiny USA. So, if you want to make it into a family trip, there is definitely uh, attractions there. Uh, you can come play Legion and keep the family entertained <laughs> if you want to make it a, a large experience or just come by yourself. Um, we would love to see you there. And that's something I'm really, really looking forward to is going to this event and being a part of it and making it happen. It's, I believe, the largest private Legion event in the country will be its claim to fame primarily. Any thoughts, <laughs> Crickets? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm super excited. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no. the yeah, you guys, again. you guys sound super awesome. excited. No, I, Thanks. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for that. All right. So <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm excited. This is this handy mute button I'm in sorry. Zencaster, which cuts down on background noise and also prevents you from being heard when you're talking and you think that you're not muted. So, 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 um, <laughs> I, so I was it. sitting here thinking, thinking about the uh, all the qualifiers, just how it opens up the door. So I was thinking about the competition level at Adepticon this year. And like, how many people couldn't make it because they just couldn't make like that one trip in the year? But like, if they get more involved and get a qualifier spot through a store championship or something, and they make that trip, I, I just I don't know. I think it's really great for the game. I was just looking through all these qualifiers again, and I was like, wow, there's so many. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be awesome. I'm putting it just all my, makes things I'm, a lot more open, right? Yeah, right. I'm putting all my eggs in the uh, Nova open basket because uh, I probably won't be able to make my local so. Yeah, I'm kind of lucky. I have a, a couple near me that I can go to. One this weekend, and there's another one um, two weeks from then, which I'm the most excited about because that's my home store. Uh, I'll play in games in Fairfield, so we'll be we'll be heading up there, and we'll be we'll be getting it done. Wait, doesn't doesn't Kingsley play there? Uh, he plays he plays near me. He's in the area, so <laughs> he'll probably so like if he up. shows up. Like, are you just gonna tuck tail and? <laughs> oh heck no. <laughs> You you beat I'm, Kingsley oh, actually over over the board. I'm actually I have a winning record against Kingsley, oh, but that's because he's usually playing screw around lists. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, he's playing like experimental stuff, like like Luke FD, no Leia, and then like rest, you know, art rotaries. Like he had a really fun looking list one day, and then like I think I only beat him because I was playing something slightly more standard, and then I got lucky. So. I mean, I can say, yeah, I have a winning record over the board, but that doesn't mean anything. 
Like let's so he, he's just using you as a, a tester. Yeah, I mean he he knows I'm he knows I'm some semi competent, <laughs> and he can get decent feedback <laughs> on his experiments. Uh, we love you, Kingsley. Yeah, Kingsley's so, really good. I mean, I'm I, I'm actually like grateful because it's it's like one of the best resources you can have if someone. This is a total tangent, but it's one of the best resources you can have as a competitive player when you have someone who is better than you in proximity of you. Because they're always challenging you to get better. So we could even do a whole show about that. But but um, I'm grateful for Kingsley being in my area and being willing to play with me because that means that I get the benefit of getting my... <laughs> We're not worthy. Yeah, I, I get the benefit of being shown the error of my ways, you know, when I play. Uh, so here's a here's a question for you. What does it mean? You said you're going to the Nova. Is that what you said? Nord? Nova Open, yeah. Yeah. So what is like, is that a higher tier or like Gen Con? Uh, I think like, it's off there, the top the of difference? my head. I think it's a national, um, which okay. basically just means that there's, so rally points, um, there's only one spot available at each rally point, And um, there's no like, there's no bennies attached to it except the invite. Um, my understanding, at least with Nova Open, uh, and again, I'm not remembering whether it's, you know, a quote unquote national or like a continental, but whatever level it is, um, it's, it's, it's two days. So it's two, they're calling it heats and you can only participate in one of those two. And then like the top four mm -hmm. from each of those two heats goes to a third day. And then they do like a single elimination bracket. Um, and then the top, I think it's four, uh, after that single elimination bracket, I'll get invites, and then the, t the top spot actually gets like airfare and lodging and stuff. Um, so it's a little, you know, it's it's slightly different in that, um, you know, there's more there's more invites given out, and then there's there's actual like benefits attached to the top spot. But it's, um, you know, the invites are all the same. Like you're, they're all to the same event, which is Adepticon. So right. To clarify though, so like last year at Gen Con, people were able to go to Gen Con and play like three days in a row, right? Yep. Yeah. That's three, the, but this year you won't be able for to. For Nova Open, at least you won't. Um, I don't. I don't know how any of the other conventions are doing theirs, but that's how Nova's doing uh, doing theirs. So. Right on. Good information. Sweet. So one last item of housekeeping before we dive into Krennic and Death Troopers, uh, we have a giveaway. Uh, Fifth Trooper is doing a giveaway. Uh, tank, tanks a... and land speeders. Yeah, tanks and land speeders. Not, so if you haven't had gotten, yeah. oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> Before we dive into Krennic and Death Troopers, yeah. we are not giving away yeah, Krennic so and Death Troopers. We're not. Yeah. No, let's be absolutely clear. We are giving away a tank or a land speeder. Uh, one of each. One of each, actually. Yeah. So either one. So if you uh, are interested in acquiring a free land speeder or a free tank. Sign up at thefifthtrooper.com. Enter our giveaway. And yep, Done. do that. Because I'm 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 cool. I'd love to get a second land speeder because I'm actually thinking the land speeder in, in a pairs might be might be good. I have a sneaking suspicion. I I ran a single this weekend and oh my gosh, it was terrifying how good it was. It's really good. I do think it's one of those things. Um that like the flamethrower ATRT, it's much better against rebels than it is against empire. Yeah, it is. It is. It crushed. It was rebel versus rebel, and it absolutely crushed. But I had a, I had a good time with it against empire as well. The first time I ran it in sort of like the cheap format, so I, I think it could, 
I think it could work. I mean, it can punch. You know, it's got the high average hits. Real quick, before so. we move into the meat of this uh, episode, what what's your loadout that you're running with? Oh, so the first time I tried it was Mark II A300 only. And then now I'm running Mark II A300 and the Rocket Gunner. And that's just really good damage at range 3. Uh, and it can flex because I have a lot of weapons I can split. Any other uh, cover pilot, anything like that? No, I have cover pilot okay. and an uplink usually. I use the uplink now, but I don't know if I want to keep it. I like having the ability to uplink off some high pip card if I need to manage large areas of the board or just hold it back and get more control. I don't think the uplink is totally necessary, but I think it makes it a lot stronger than it otherwise would be if you're lacking activation control in other departments, especially if you have um, Han or some other commander that really has a timing sensitive one pip i think the uplink is really good for the airspeeder or sorry land speeder good goodness gracious i almost called it an airspeeder <laughs> blasphemy blasphemy don't don't ever run the airspeeder terrible it's so pretty though. anyway anyway yeah so come come get a free tanker or land speeder visit the fifth trooper.com and sign up for the giveaway all right all right cool well cool so let's dive into our first segment, and thank you, Casey, for coming on the show to talk to us about Krennic and Death Troopers. Yes, thanks for having me. Yeah. Is it just because I beat you last week? Is, is that why I got uh, invited? Well, uh, beating me doesn't necessarily earn you an invite to the show, <laughs> but... Um, Hear that, everybody. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> so maybe we can talk about that in the future. But... Uh, so I guess uh, we wanted to start talking to you. You've been playing Krennic and Death Troopers with uh, Boba Fett in the league. Uh, what's been your general experience of that? You're obviously very winning in your division currently. Um, yeah, uh, so I just tried it out. If someone out there could call me out on it, when Krennic was first announced, or like more so when we first saw his command cards, I talked a whole lot of crap about him. Uh, I, I, my original take on him was that he wasn't going to make any waves and he wasn't going to be very good. I remember this. Uh, and I actually played, yeah, <laughs> you remember, yeah, I was like making a big fit about the two pip. The two pip really disappointed me. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I actually just tried him out one night on a whim, uh, against talk polite LJ Pena on a, and just a fun match we were having. And after the match, like it just went so well, I was like, Holy crap. Like what went right in that match? And, uh, I just, I don't know. He just really caught my attention. So I kept trying it out and made some changes to the list. And I think I've landed on something I really like. So elaborate on that a little bit. Like what went so well with Krennic and how do you use him that you feel that he's um, a better choice for certain builds over Veers? Well, so to start with, you know, I got to say my play style is everyone has a different play style in Legion. Mine's very uh, patient and kind of a control you know, look for the weakness in your opponent's list, exploit it, and take an advantage on like some a mistake they make, right? So Krennic is different in beers in that I feel like beers you can you know you ha you're handing out aim tokens, you're trying to you know increase your offense, maybe trying to push. But with Krennic, it's like he's happy to sit back, just chill, hide out, um, and just play patiently. And then you pair him with Death Troopers, which I think we're going to talk about tonight, and what the death troopers are bringing is that range four firepower. So again, you know, turn one, especially if you have recon Intel or advanced positions, 
you know, they're in a position they want to stay in. You just hang back, you chill, you shoot, you shoot your opponent from your, you know, safe spot and you just kind of wait out your opponent. And uh, that's how I've been playing it. And the compel really makes that stronger, right? Because then if I want to, you know, change the position with the stormtrooper unit or something and get a shot off, I can still do that. Um, whereas like if you have beers, you may not be able to. Um, so I, I think it was the compel the mix of just like the, the defensiveness I get the feel of defensiveness I get from the list with Krennic in it mixed with like compel was just, I don't know, just things went well. So, you know, it's interesting. You bring up compel, right? So compel is really awesome, but there's this issue where it's a passive ability. So like in the meantime, what do you do with Krennic's other actions? Like, is he just a compel droid and you kind of like leave him in a safe location and never move him? Like, what do you, how do you make yeah. him effective as a unit? Yeah. And I, this kills some people, you know, but uh, I, I learned a lot from Adepticon because I kind of ran a list that was kind of out of my comfort zone. Um, but screw tape and I use the generic officer. And you better believe that generic officer basically every match did nothing but hide behind a wall. And that made me realize, like, hey, it's it's okay if your commander's not doing anything. Like, if that's what you brought them for, you know, that's fine. So, like, with Krennic, I'm perfectly okay with leaving him just hidden. And, in fact, he kind of fills in that linebacker role in that, hey, if someone does come to you, then you pop him out at range two and take that shot. Because, I mean, his gun, it's what, a red, black, and a white? You know, that's not bad. Nothing to snuff Yeah, a sharpshooter with and Pierce, one. Yeah, so like he can kind of fill that linebacker role. You know, you don't want to push him forward unless you're following your troops and you have safe positions to move to. But he's happy to sit sit there in a safe spot and just kind of like wait till the end of the game to make his move for the objectives or, you know, try to put some damage up. What uh, do you use any upgrades on him? Command upgrades or anything like that? Uh, so with all the the bounty hunters running around right now in Invader League, I have been running a steam leader on him. Uh, I just feel like. You know, yeah, you can hide them, but, you know, someone who's really going to aggressively push with double bounty, you, I think a steam later is just kind of, a, I, I kind of had the extra points and it was kind of like a little safety net. Yeah, and it's you're actually upgrading a save because he's the rare uh, Imperial unit with a white save. Right, yeah. Um, the number of times I've actually had to use it, I, I don't think it's been very many, but, you know, like it's safety net, right? It's there if you need it. Do you use um, improv or strict orders or anything like that? No. So I, I with the Veers, sorry, with the Krennic, Boba, and DT list I've been running, I haven't really needed improv because so many of his command cards give you so much control over your activations, especially when you mix in Entourage. Uh, so like his 2-pip, for example, you're getting two units, which can be Krennic and Boba, and then with Entourage, you have the DTs, and those three are like, you know, your big pieces of the list. So you, you get the control you need um, just with the help of Entourage. And obviously his, his one pip uh, Voracious Ambitions is like incredible because again, you're, you don't have full control of what three command tokens you're drawing, but chances are high that you're going to draw, you know, the special forces or core tokens out or draw Boba Fett's token. So. Yeah. Small detour. I haven't, really, um, haven't ever had a need for improv. Small detour. Do you um, how do you rate this archetype that's being called middle management, where it's Krennic veers and just a bunch of of troop spam? Do you think? I guess I guess even more to the point. Do you miss not having veers? 
uh, I have not missed not having beers. Like I said, Adepticon, I ran just a generic. Um, I, one thing that, like, going back to that, just, like, dropping maximum firepower and instead opening up with Rocket, like, the way we looked at the game was most games, you know, you're wanting to win by turn four or five, like, kind of be up. So, like, maximum firepower for me has lost a lot of value over the last couple of months with the new releases and stuff and just the direction that's been going. So it's like if you're not taking maximum firepower, like beers, and beer, I'm not saying that at all. I know this rubs people the wrong way sometimes. Beers is great, don't get me wrong, but like he's just not necessary. But if you're running a list like that, I think it's fine. Um, so you said it's like max, are they maxing out on core? Is that what they're calling, calling this list? Krennic, beers, and like six core units? Well, yeah, it's like they call it middle management because it's too like, you know, you know, I mean, Veers is a general, but he's not like Vader tier, you know. But it's basically yeah. just like Vader. It's like Krennic Veers and like a bunch of DTs and snipers and core units. Yeah. Well, I, no centerpieces. I mean, yeah, uh, and that's. I mean, if you asked me to play that, I'd be like, eh, cause I, I, I really like having Boba Fett, or like I'd even take Bosk or someone like I like a centerpiece, someone that's like the playmaker. Um, but I know some people like the you know, more activations and more kind of like a spammy list. Yeah, we might have room to talk about that later, actually. Yeah. That's coming up in the show notes. (laughs) I can't say like one's necessarily better than the other. I think a a person should try to find what matches their play style and what they play best with. When when and why do you generally play like uh, specific command cards for Krennic? And then um, if you're running him with Bobo, when do you play Bobo's also? Uh, so as I kind of just mentioned, I think rocket turn one is a really good opening because it gets a three pip out of your hand, uh, and it helps you, you know, you can keep Boba back, hopefully out of range of everything until the end of the turn. So then you're looking to possibly, uh, last first Boba. And so in round two, you know, activate him first and then pull him back again. You could do something like that. Uh, the critics one pip, I think is pretty sweet. You, basically call it a 0.5 pip right like han solos beats it but it beats any other one pip um so depending like at the start of a game i would look at what my opponent has brought so like endless in our match i saw you brought sabine and -hmm. we all know sabine has explosions which is it can be deadly or it can whiff right well i try to predict you know like okay i'm gonna save this card either for son of skywalker or explosions and then like at the first chance when I think either of those cards are going to come, that's when I'm going to play Voracious Ambitions, right? Um, so I guess if you guess wrong, then you you played your your trump card at a bad time. But if you guess correctly, then you could possibly dam or dodge or mitigate a lot of damage you could take from one of those cards because you're going to automatically win the priority. Well, yeah, it was actually quite important because my Sabine didn't have Dauntless and that extra suppression that you piled on her from going first basically sealed the deal. Like she couldn't do. Right like even a fraction of what she could have done without that second action. Right. And that's, that's one of the things I, I didn't mention before when I first played Krennic in that game against TP, I actually won. I, if I recall correctly, I think he had priority in the first round. So I think he played maximum firepower. And then I'm pretty sure I won priority every single round after that, except the one we tied on when like, it was like a nothing, no, no big play round when we play, both played push. And that's when I, I realized how good cunning is. I was like, wow, like I knew I was going to win and I was able to plan that every round. 
So if there's any Euchre players out there, it kind of felt like <laughs> Euchre, right? Like it got to the point where I was like, okay, I know he has this only one, one pip left. I have a one pip that's going to beat his one pip. So like I have the Trump card here. So, and you, uh, any uses for deploy the garrison that you found to be stellar? Um, if you so happen to find your Boba Fett behind a wall and you play deploy the garrison, give him that over that standby token because he might get to use it. But for the most part, uh, for me, the deploy the garrison has been just order activation control, like it's a better push. And then you pair it with the death troopers, um, you can give them a free aim token, which is really important if you're using them as a range for firepower, um, being that you're getting that free aim token, then you can recover, and then you can shoot. Um, so it's pretty pretty necessary for them. But yeah, it's it's mostly just, to me, a better push. When do you typically play his 3-pip? Uh, so his 3-pip, I have a dream with it. But again, that's another going back to why he first impressed me so much. If you set it up correctly, the dream, this is like the master of evil dream, right? But I think this one's way more obtainable. If you set it up, you could potentially on round five go plan it so that you can play the three pip. If they've used up all their higher pip cards and all they have left is maybe a three pip, you might win priority. That'd be perfect for this. If you don't, hopefully you still have it planned out where it can work. But if you open up with Boba Fett and like say their commander has only one or two health and your Boba Fett has Hunter and they're like Veers or something, you could probably reliably kill their commander, right? And if you've played your three pip, Annihilation Looms, their entire army, because you don't, replace your commander until the end of the round you've set it up now to where every every core unit could possibly panic um and that's kind of like that dream scenario it's not always going to happen but i still prefer to save it until round five or six just because i think two suppressions better than one and i mean the playing it on round one if it's like recover supplies yeah that might be better than i mean there's always going to be a, a different time for it but in in my experiences so far i should say i've, I've saved it till rounds five or six would you agree with this the idea that then you're not trying to like forcibly leverage compel by throwing annihilation turn one? Right. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? That's why I think I mean obviously it gets better five and six because suppression's gonna hurt them more than it does you. Even though there might be fewer units you affect, so the total tokens right you generate, right. but they're gonna be some quality tokens. Yep. But yeah, so it, that that's a tough question because it really depends on the game setup and what's going on, you know what I mean? Like it's going to be different every match, but either is good, either is viable. Just have a plan for it, as best I can say. So you run him with um, Death Troopers. Do you, have you ever run him like without Death Troopers, or do you always? I okay. I haven't. No, I I think the the entourage I think is just a key part of. The and list. is it just one Death Trooper and a bunch of snipers? Yep. Yep, one Death Trooper and uh, three snipers is what I've been running. That's like one of the best parts of Entourage with as as good right. and effective as snipers are now is it is it allows you to take another special forces unit and still take three snipers gee i wish i had that option as i know well. right <laughs> i know we'd take wookies in a heartbeat if we could do that yep but you gotta you gotta hey, drop down to two snipers i see three that. i see three commanders in your future what's that uh, maybe uh i don't know it's just my <laughs> okay. prediction like like the third command slot, seem good. entourage commander. Like <laughs> yeah, super girls, super me. friends. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, clearly the answer is just having more operatives, right? Like, 
you know, rebels are kind of like the character, the character centric, right? Faction kind of. What uh, what loadout do you run on your death troopers? So I run uh, hunter, the config, and uh, the DLT. Um, so basically, the the hunter there is if you have an opportunity to shoot at a multi wound unit, at, like if you're shooting at range four, then take it and so you can recover still get name token on the shot and shoot that multi-wound unit if you're like shooting at range three or whatever then you can shoot anything right because you don't have to use that recover action but basically hunter is just guaranteeing or helping you you know make sure you have the aim token because they they really need that aim token to hit their potential and use that precise two keyword is precise two overkill or is it just right most of the time in my experience it's been just right it's actually weird how it falls right it seems like there's always like three or four blanks and you're like oh i get to re-roll all of these yeah so we we spouted the stat i think when the um the heavy for the death troopers was first spoiled but um with one aim token at range four uh to get at least five hits they have a 95 percent chance six hits is a 74 percent chance and seven hits is 32 percent so like three out of four times with just one aim token, you're gonna get six hits at range four. Yep, and that's how it's yeah. felt to me. So I really push the damage through. Didn't, didn't I joke recently that Death Troopers generate enough hits to make dodge effective? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was something I said the other day, I don't remember. If I said it here or elsewhere. But just the number of hits that they generate means your dodges are actually going to work now. Yeah, although if they when you get shot if you by get them. a rebel trooper unit that gets hit with seven hits and they have a dodge token and heavy cover, they're still probably taking like four casualties. <laughs> yeah, like three three if you roll absolutely average. But at least your unit leaders <laughs> but probably you have still to roll alive. average. Maybe a Z six if you have an extra yeah. man. Maybe. <laughs> but do need to give a before you know you guys start taking all this is my word too. The very first person to test this, as you guys know, Screwtape and I worked on lists together. And just so you know, this has been like this list has had the minds of Screwtape and I touching it as well. So like he's kind of running something like this first, and uh, it, it, we we both caught on to it pretty quick that the Krennic DTs were going to be better than expected. Yeah, they've been super popular like overall in Invader League. Um... Unfortunately, Jin and Pathfinder is nowhere to be seen. But <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> hey, I played Jin last week. I had a really good time. Uh, she was, yeah, yeah. You had a good time. That about sums yeah, yeah. it up. Yeah. Um, did win. Yeah, did win, everything though. else is everything else is bleak. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we could go down. We don't want to go down that whole rabbit hole. But yeah, let's um, yeah. abort. Hey, we still got Luke. So yeah. yeah. We we should abort or sorry we should dive into a little for or sorry gosh let me start over we should focus a little bit more on the DTs and their interaction with medics among other units in the list because uh, that's been like the new spice lately as people are are catching on to just how how good the medic is and how much value it generates um, now you're you're running one currently or two uh, medics uh, I've been running oh geez, two I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you use I think I changed. You use them both for snipers and for the DTs, right? Yeah, yeah. It just depends on the match and how what's going on in it. Because it's a funny thing, right? Everybody's prediction of the de death troopers originally was that 
snipers are going to destroy them, right? Well, you know, it's weird, right? Because my last three matches with DTs, they've not been shot at by snipers once. And that's just, you know, control, right? Like, you know, you want to avoid snipers, deploy your DTs last, put them in a spot where they can't be seen by like all three, two, or however many of the snipers your opponent brings. And you have three snipers and you have to be pressuring their snipers, right? Yeah. And then with the medics, it's a huge deterrent to shoot your DTs because you're like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to spend a lot of effort pushing this wound through and then he's just going to bring it back. Yeah. And so something again, screw tape says all the time, uh, shoot first with the DTs and around like activate them first. And then your opponent has the bad choice of, do they want to shoot the already activated unit? And if they do, they have to put at least three damage through on them in the round to even keep that damage through till the next round. And when you're talking about a, a you know, red surging defense die, and hopefully they're in heavy cover, like that's no easy feat. Yeah, one of the bennies of having range four is usually you can find a, a good heavy cover spot where you can cover the area that you want to cover. Yep. They're actually one of the few units like I would consider, like I, I think that putting them on high grounds, okay. Like, you know, a lot of times the stormtroopers, I feel like it's a trap to be like on a rooftop or something because then you're, you're going to lose so much action economy getting them down when you need to, like to get the objectives or whatever. But with DTs, like if they're up there, there's kind of your, I, I've actually started calling the DTs are like my anchor unit, right? Like, I don't know, have we had an anchor unit before? Um, I, yeah, I usually call them like focus units, but similar concept. Yeah, like the unit that's like where the, like where they stand, that's yours, and like they're not moving, you own yep. that. So another thing along the lines of medics, I've tried to figure out like, uh, I think the answer I've come to. So like, why are medics so much better for DTs than stormtroopers? And I think it comes down to that dice pool, right? So like stormtroopers, even if you keep bringing those white dice back, it, it's still like it's it's an okay attack, right? But when it comes to pushing damage through heavy cover, what do you want? You want that big almost guaranteed to get five to seven damage uh, attack so you want to keep that all those minis on that unit and keep that large dice pool being rolled yeah and because it kind of makes it occurs to me that sorry go ahead oh i was gonna say they're almost like a a... all right casey (laughs) somebody raise their hand (laughs) traffic jam (laughs) <laughs> Casey first. Uh, okay, I was gonna say I, I've started calling them like a budget ATST, right? Because like they're potentially rolling the same damage at, at range four is like the ATST, except like assuming you keep their their all their minis in the model, right? That's the difference. You you buy an armor unit to like, oh, I took seven damage and I'm still rolling the same damage or same amount of dice. But like if you keep your DTs up to max efficiency, like they're they're budget ATSTs. Yeah, I was just going to add as far as medic efficiency is concerned because of Entourage and also because of, um, you know, their courage too and discipline. Uh, you're also going to almost always get to use them when you want to and they're going to be able to get two actions. So um, it's a, it's an extremely efficient and powerful activation. Uh, so when you're bringing those guys back, it's, it's much more effective than just bringing back like a Stormtrooper. So you talk about deploying them last just to hide them from your opponent's snipers. Um, do you have any other kind of rules of thumb with their deployment that you employ? Um, yeah, just make sure they're pretty far away. Um, I mean, obviously. But I mean, you, you're, you're trying to take advantage of that range four, right? Um, so just like 
if it's like battle lines, don't put them right up on the line. Sometimes like I'll leave them back just a little bit. Um, or if I've ran them with recon Intel and in that case, look for a place where you can move them forward out of line of sight and then turn one, probably activate them last. So like possibly last first. Yeah. And measuring with them is also super important just as far as like, if you have a rubble opponent, you know, we, we talk a lot about measurements and how speed to move is just ever so slightly less than range one. Um, which means like a rebel troopers threat range, you know, if they're not suppressed, um, is just slightly shy of range four, right? Cause their Z six is, is range mm -hmm. three. And then that speed to move is, is just a little bit less than range one. Um, so if you're measuring properly, you know, and you're trying to get a shot on like a rebel trooper squad with your death troopers, use, use that movement tool and, and lay it flat on the table and bump it right up next to your unit leader and then just have them touch it you know, and make sure you're clear also with your opponent. Like my intention is to get this exactly range four away from your rebel troopers. So if they move uh, next turn, they won't be able to shoot me with the Z6 and that should be accurate. So, um, yep. yeah, that's, and, and that's the case for things like storms too. Obviously, you know, they have DLTs, but that's not going to punch through heavy cover. So um, most targets that you're going to be shooting at with your death troopers are going to be, have like a shorter threat range, that range three threat range. So um you know, yeah, and they're probably going to be suppressed too, so maybe not won't matter. But make sure you're using that full movement tool, and you're you're bumping it up uh, flat on the table there. Yeah. Hey, uh, quick rules question for you too. So this came up the other day, and maybe you guys can answer for everybody out there to hear at once. If you play Annihilation Looms, and then use Entourage, does the DTs lose one of those suppression if that's the only suppression they receive? Um, yes, because the. Uh, the issuing of the order happens after the card text. Okay. Yeah, I would say yes to that as well. Awesome. Everybody hear that? Yeah. That's actually <laughs> it sounds really like you've good. had arguments that's, about that's this. One, like, well, yeah, it wasn't yeah, so much I, an and, argument. I just was like, yeah, that's fine. We'll go with that. And, and Lee I, didn't really care that much because he had compel anyway. So yeah, it's pretty. It's not like they were going to lose the move action anyway. Right. Right. You know? But. You know, if you're not wanting to move, and so you know it's too suppression. Yeah. You know. If you lose an aim, that that sucks. I, I just know but somewhere not... out there in the world, it's it's coming up in games. So. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it's, it's yeah. So just be. on like on command card timing, you'll notice some command cards like my allies, the force, or no time for sorrows say when a unit is issued in order, then the effect happens. Whereas annihilation looms just says this effect happens. Um, so if there's if there's no timing articulated on the card then it happens immediately and the card text precedes the issuing of orders so um it's pretty clear in that case that uh that dts get to pick up that suppression um when they get an order issued from discipline so all right let's for let's forge ahead here um so securing the knowledge that boba fett has a whip cord and dts hurt real bad at range four is there any hope for the rebellion? <laughs> well, that hope has always been vested in Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Both in the, in the movies. I guess we can kind of we can kind of plug these two segments together, like because we want to know how to we want to know like what rebels what rebels can do against CTs, but we also know that Luke is definitely a large component of that. So you garn you know tell us your. Tell us your experience against rebels. Do you just do you just uh, shoot them down like the dogs they are? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> or that's what it's, it... it's been lately, right? I, I don't know. I really don't. So, like, I think that range really trips people up. Like, I, I think it, it'll be terrain dependent, like everything. But maybe 
if like the map allows, I think you need to get into that range before you start trading fire. Like if you sit back and you let the DTs get that first shot on one of your units at range four, that unit's out until they get that suppression cleared off and they get in there, right? So I think maybe looking at like a turn one, something like double move everything into line of sight block and break that range three area to the DTs and the rest of the army. But again, if they have snow troopers, things get, it gets complicated, right? But if it's a list like mine, I mean, that's, I don't know. It's tough, right? But staying at that range, I think you're going to, it's a losing game for the rebels. Um, because I, I think they're just, you're going to get shot to pieces and suppressed and not be able to get in there and contest objectives. Yeah. I mean, if they're, if they're putting their death troopers, they, if they kind of bury them in the back and then only move them into range as far as possible, you know, the Z6 can't reach. And only your snipers can reach, but then your snipers have to contend with medics healing the wounds back. So there's like a zone where the DTs are actually pretty darn safe to just uh, blow people away. Yeah. So I guess, you know, the answer might be speed. Like, what do you, what do you think, Orc? <laughs> well, I mean, so one thing is um, Death Troopers in particular have highlighted for me how important it is to have quote unquote balanced terrain. Um, you know, before on a board that was just a little bit too open, you kind of noticed uh, the range difference, the, the range strength difference, if you will, between Rebels and Imperials with, with um, you know, DLTs and and stuff like that. But now with Death Troopers on the table, it just amplifies um, it amplifies that Empire strength versus Rebel weakness um, with respect to ranged weapons, and more specifically ranged four weapons uh, even further. So I think... Like, definitely, if you're having a lot of trouble locally with Death Troopers and, and you're a Rebel player, the first thing you should do is, like, just look at your terrain and assess whether or not you're actually using a, a quote-unquote fair board. Because um, you do need some decent-sized line-of-sight blockers on there, and you need several of them. Um, and they should be, you know, like, not all in one spot on the table. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, like, the... I don't want to get into a, um, a soapbox about the Invader League maps, um, especially because I'm playing Empire this season. But uh, don't do it. No, <laughs> it, there are several of them that have extremely open centers. You know, even though there's like heavy cover accessible in those center areas, um, it's um, there's not a lot of line of sight blockers. So um, you know, anytime rebels are forced to fight over large open areas like that, you know, even with heavy cover. Obviously, we established death troopers don't have a lot of trouble punching through that. So, um, you just got to make like assess your terrain is step one. Um, but step two, yeah, I agree with Casey. Just um, look for those big line of sight blockers. Try and close the gap while you're behind them, um, so that you can actually engage the death troopers at range three. Because um, Z sixes are extremely good weapons. Um, you know, they're great at punching hits through cover. They're it's a very efficient dice pool for what you pay for it. It's just a matter of getting to that range three. So make sure in your deployment that you're not deploying in, you know, an open area uh, where you can get hit by those DTs on turn one. Um, and then use that first turn to just essentially position, uh, you know, so that you can you can start trading fire in a, in a more efficient way on turn two. Um, I'll also say I think that Rebels need to start cutting major offensive. Um, arguably, Long March is also bad, but Long March usually 
just the, like the way people put line of sight blockers on the table, long march usually allows you to use more line of sight blockers. Um, for whatever reason, major offensive. I feel like uh, on the way most maps are laid out, it has you going diagonally, and the fire lanes on most maps diagonally are extremely long, in my experience. I don't know if you guys agree with this or not. Um, no, I, I'm seeing it. You know, you're right because of the whole, you know, triangle thing. Yeah. So I never really thought about it, but yeah. Like, I know it's weird, and I got this from watching your guys' game. And then I also had a game um, against uh, the only rebel in my group on major offensive. Um, and I was like, man, these fire lanes are amazing <laughs> with major offensive as a setup. Um, and maybe it was just the map. I think in both time, both situations, it was Kessel, that Invader League map. Um, but generally speaking, you know, I, like it seems weird to cut major offensive because that's historically like the least objectionable deployment. Right. Um, but honestly, I think I think with Death Troopers in the mix, Rebel should be cutting that, especially because it's pretty tempting to put guys in that pipe stem in like that short little area that's closer to the center. Yeah, the but if, if you're putting them in the panhandle, they're just going to get crushed uh, by Death Troopers. So, um, and then if you're putting them in the fat part, then you're starting even farther away from your opponent and you don't have, you know, the top half like you would with long march. So, um, I think rebel should be cutting major offensive. Something to consider. Yeah. That is a pretty, so let's, pretty uh, claim there work. Yeah, I know, but uh, I don't know. As I don't you know. said, it is, it is the most, I mean, I agree with you. I, and I thinking back, I was sitting here thinking through some of the maps in my head and I was like, yeah, those are, you know, angles tend to be the longer fire lanes, but like you said, it is the most popular and uh, most common deployment. And I, I like to, I mean, you're, you might be right. So it's just like asking people to like get rid of peanut butter and diet, you know? Yeah, I guess. I mean, look like at that. the other things <laughs> your list too, obviously. Like if you're for some reason just running one commander as rebels, then you probably want to still cut disarray. But, um, you know, yeah. take, take a look at, at, at your list and if if you're in a situation where cutting major offensive makes sense over some of those other options like historically i just cut battle lines um but i think i'm actually now and i think i now want to keep battle lines at least with my um, luke leia list so do you think taking a bid is something rebels should be doing more so to try to get that better like setup i think it's i mean the short answer is i think Yes, you don't need a huge one. Um, like four, maybe five points is probably enough. Especially against Empire players tend to run higher bit or uh, lower bids. Um, uh, you know, higher points like seven ninety eight, seven ninety nine, eight hundred in that territory for Empire lists. In my experience, yeah, five five might be too much, but four is definitely four will get you a blue player. Um, you know, almost every time probably against an Empire player. So, um, yeah, I think I think you need to be running you know, a bit of three or four as rebels. I think that definitely helps to sort of stack the deck, so to speak, in advance. Um, I also think even if you have snipers, um, it's worth considering not cutting limited biz as a rebel player. Um, you know, think about cutting a different condition. <laughs> uh, because, yeah. you know, like, your snipers don't want limited biz, obviously, but um, if you're up against an empire list that also has three snipers and they have medics and death troopers, um, you've got a relative advantage at range, you know, three or less, and you need to be able to get there. So that's another thing. You want to talk briefly about death troopers in the mirror? Yeah. So Casey, the like, sucks. 
<laughs> Go on. It's it's, Go it's, on. A, it's a slog fest, right? Like you're you're sitting there and like so. Thankfully, I played uh, Nathan was Wiles Chrismere the other night in Invader League, and he was running. I actually was running the double bounty list. Thank thank the Lord. And he was running double DTs and IRG. And I was able to play a scrappy game where I didn't have to go toe to toe with him. But if I had to, like, holy crap, like, I don't, what do you do? You know, um, you just sit there and exchange shots and like see who rolls worst defense saves pretty much. But I don't, Orc, how's your experience has been this season? So it's funny you say that. Um, I've faced three Empire players and none of them ran Death Troopers. <laughs> oh, wow. What? Now, that said, um, I have been running Vosk, who is himself pretty good against Death Troopers because he's got range four and pierce. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I suspect that I, I would be at least slightly advantaged in that situation. Um, but again, you know, <laughs> of the three Empire players in my group, none of them ran Death Troopers, so... Um, yeah, I can't speak to that directly. At least as far from me, the 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 games where I've played Empire is very short. So, <laughs> yeah, as always, it's not as scary, right? Like you know, if the DTs catch your storms in the open, yeah, you might be rolling you know six or seven red defense die, but you know your unit's most likely not going to get wiped off the board completely. Um, it's going to hurt, but you have always just normal Empire things, right? You have a little bit more. Um, I don't know what's the word for it. A little bit more give on that, on that end, um, because the Death Troopers don't have Pierce. Like you can tank their shots a lot easier with Empire, so it becomes a much more att- the attrition game sets in there as it always does. Yeah, you're basically helping you win more coin flips at that point right. because all of your saves are fifty fifty across the board, except for the other DTs. Yep. Um, and you, oh, man. you mentioned Bosk, and you might want to go down this rabbit hole, but what do you think about like the idea that Bosk will replace DTs when he comes out? Because he's about the same points, range four. Um, I don't know that he is a straight-up replacement for Death Troopers. I'm actually, um, I'm actually mulling a list with uh, Krennic, Bosk, and Death Troopers in it. Um, and you can still get that up to 11 activations. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, I don't think that he's a straight-up replacement. I do think that he fills a similar role um, in that you know he's got good range for firepower. He's got a suppressive weapon. Um, and he's... Uh, reason- like You generally don't want to shoot at him with things like snipers because he's got regenerate, so it's not going to be cost-effective to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of like Death Troopers, you need a very high burst damage shot uh, to do any meaningful damage to them. Uh, and it's the same with Bosk. Um, he's roughly the same cost when you run him with uh, the upgrades that you want to be running him with. Um, I think he's he's a slightly different tool, but a very similar one. The thing that the Death Troopers have over Bosk is when you're running them with Krennic, obviously Entourage um, is great, especially in that Voracious Ambition turn. Um, but like you said, you know, you're running him with Bubba, who's also an operative token. Obviously, um, you get three tokens from the pool, so um, there's a good chance you're still going to be able to put Boss down on the table when you want to. Um, yeah, I don't think he's a straight up replacement. He's definitely it's that's definitely an interesting conversation. Yeah, and 
the dice pools are different, right? They serve different purposes. Whereas like Bosk, in my experiences, he's he's rolling like one to three damage, like one to three crits. So against Empire, that might be better than DTs who might roll five to seven hits. So like, you know, getting that Pierce one versus that larger dice pool or more consistent dice pool, it, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like, what, what do you want in that time, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, I would definitely agree that, that Bosk is better in the Empire Mirror than um, DTs are. Uh, and the, the reverse is true in, in Rubble matchups. Well, it's like a quality versus quantity thing, right? Just in terms of the di- the dice pool. Right. So, like, Bosk, of course, generates the quality results with the crits and piercing. But they're, they're not numerous unless you have a giant stack of aim tokens. Yep. Which you can get pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get very easily with lying in wait. Coordinated fire. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, Bosk is also a little bit more of, like, a linebacker with his one pip and his decent melee damage. Um, he's also more, you know, he's he's got a garbage save, and he's only got seven health. So if you're talking about, like, sustained um, sustained fire, the Death Troopers are going to take longer at least to die. Um, you know, Bosk is, has regenerate, which is a nice little hedge against chip damage. But he's definitely more vulnerable to, to being, like, one-shot, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I feel like Bosk with Hunter Stim is for 129 is a steal. Oh yeah, I completely agree. That's why I'm running. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a complete. It's a total steal. I mean, the he, budget, the budget guy. Yeah, I mean, he's been. I've already talked about Bosk a lot. He's been an all star so far in the Empire games. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. He's so easy. He's so, so easy to use too. Like he just reaches reaches out and touches people at range four. Um, and his command cards are. Awesome. So the consensus is it's not a straight up replacement. It's just a, a flavor thing, kind of. Yeah, and like both of those tools are very good. They're very, they're both very sharp tools. So, um, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a good problem to have, I guess. Yeah, I think their their comparisons begins and ends with range four, right? Like, so yeah, they both shoot at range four, but that's it. Uh, yeah, and suppressive. Um, yeah, suppressive. Yeah, the downside, at least for dust troopers, is they need to recover their range four weapon, whereas boss doesn't. Um, but they can usually do that um, pretty frequently because they're good courage and discipline. So, so all in all, Orc, you've used DTs a couple times. Did they exceed your expectations before the release, or are they about what you expected, or worse? Um, so I actually have not used DTs yet. I've just been running Bosk. Um, oh. Yeah, I'm I'm going to use DTs um, probably in my next game. Don't tell bees. Um, it's a trick it's it's a trap um but no i actually have not run dts yet i've been i've been focusing trying to focus on uh the quote-unquote empire basics which is um (laughs) which is veers and stormtroopers and snipers and then i i threw bosk in there because i feel like he's really easy to use and efficient so um yeah my empire lists have been really boring so far um my invader league group called me the the blob master (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> soulless but efficient yeah so i uh, uh we have like a there's also like a facebook chat with some random guys in it um and uh, somebody asked me like if you were to run a rebel list uh tomorrow what would you run and i said well basically it would be you know luke leia six core um 
you know, which would be Z6s primarily, uh, three snipers and a couple medics. And there was like this pause and the guy's like, that's, that's soulless, but effective. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that aptly describes that's, my play style, stuff. I guess. Soulless, but effective. I was going to say boring, <laughs> but soulless is probably a little, <laughs> a little more descriptive. <laughs> um, yeah. That, that takes it right back to the beginning of the show, right? Where it was, you were asking about beers and stuff. And like I said, there, there's nothing wrong still with like a beer, six core list. Like, it's yep. perfectly viable. That's, I've been enjoying my free aim tokens. So. Yeah, there's like a there's like a demand that you when you win you must win with style, and that is not a concern, <laughs> really, not a real not, not a real concern. More stormtroopers. Yep, I even yeah. in one of my lists I even took the extra stormtroopers, <laughs> like the person all around. Wow. Like I got these extra points. What do I do? More stormtroopers. More stormtroopers. Just <laughs> more like, more wounds for my DLTs. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I do want to actually, so I have some physical empire models now. Um, I'm not converting to empire probably. Um, <laughs> it's just a dabble in the dark side. That's what they all say. Yeah. Um, but uh, I did want to give a shout out to, um, uh, Jeremy Mills and then, uh, James Steele, who I got most of my empire models from. So, um, yeah, thanks guys. Um, now I got to start painting them. Yeah, oh, it's you're gonna a lot of fun. The joy, the joy of painting white. <laughs> no, actually, I don't mind that at all because I have an airbrush. So, um, oh, so you're just like, here I go. It's gonna be. I'm literally gonna paint all sixty of of my dudes at once. See, I don't, um, I don't think Sarasto does airbrush tutorials, does he? No, I mean they're not gonna look like his. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today with Sarasto, we're gonna see a million ways to paint a stormtrooper white. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so, so so you have to win with style, and your models have to look like the bee's knees. Yeah. Otherwise, we don't respect you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I uh, no, they'll look good eventually. I mean, actually, um, you know, I, I don't want to get down a painting uh, rabbit hole either. But um, like an airbrush, uh, once you become more confident with it, you can do a lot of actual painting with an airbrush, not just like priming. Um, so like my pathfinders, I think I posted them in one of the Discord channels, but I I painted those guys with an airbrush like all the cloth um it looks like better than the cloth that i painted by hand so um yeah shout out to airbrushes generally um, <laughs> okay <laughs> all right, all right. yeah we don't this is not a painting podcast but i could talk about airbrushing yeah. forever hey, the, uh that's the, a long the way the 3d printer my... rabbit holes right next door if you guys want to jump in that one too yeah yeah we can jump into that <laughs> one too totally oh man oh i've seen some i've seen some some stuff that's cool and some stuff that makes me shake my head. But maybe we can talk about that in a future episode. Yeah, All right. I mean, it's, you know, it's a hobby game. Everybody does what they want with their own models. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. Well, nothing wrong with talking about hobby. Jeez. Yep. Okay. So with that, though, um, we're approaching our time limit. So we're going to start winding things down. Um, did we have any final, final, final thoughts on Krennic or DTs that we did not get across earlier in the show? Uh, they suck. Don't use them. <laughs> I, I, mean... I wish. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. no, they're they're fantastic. Yeah, Always use are. them. Yeah, no, they're really yeah. good. They, I, I, I definitely think... had low expectations going Same. in, but they have. Uh... Uh, Jay, Jay, where's that quote about um, 
that quote of Tarkin after Krennic fires the Death Star, your work exceeds all expectation. Yeah, he says something like that. So that would that would be totally fitting here. Anyway, uh, so with that, we're going to wrap up the show. Thank you, Casey, for being our guest. Thank you. We, it's very enjoyable to have you on the show. We hope to have you back again soon. And uh, congrats on being in the single Olympus. And uh, with that, that's been the Notorious Scholars for this week. My name is David. I'm Kyle. Uh, I'm, I'm, do I say something here? Yeah. Oh. You say <laughs> I'm, I'm Garnana now. Casey. There you go. All right. We'll see you all next see. time. Join us next week for another episode of The Notorious Scoundrels. This has been a Fifth Trooper production. <laughs>